You're listening to Kevin and the Spleen. No one's gonna ever love me. 1098.5 Radio QWX. Real quick. Bussin' no cap. Really smack you in the ass with flavor. There you go. This show is about depression, anxiety, PTSD, and chronic illness. We going quick. We're trying to keep you on the path to the ride home on the evening time. It's a fucking zoo. Make it quick. Get the quicks radio. White lives do not matter. Hey, 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 kids, you know what it is. It's Kevin in the spleen at night, and you know what that means. That means tonight we flying at the speed of Kevin, babies. Oh, yeah, so without further ado, I'm going to give Kevin the ones and twos and let him play all the hottest, steamiest Kev hits, baby. That's right. So, Kev, why don't you get that... uh, uh rap be going and start a nice freestyle rap to kick us off one of these days i'm gonna just surprise you and and have been practicing freestyle rap for like the last three months and just blow oh, you away that's what i was kind of yeah I, I always wanted to do that at harmontown not that i was ever that good but uh yeah yeah no i'll drop the voice why why keep it up um but uh yeah no um that would be really funny that would be really good if that happened uh i don't know it would be cool to rap on the podcast just as, as our quest to continue to try and copy harmontown continues um now, but you know i don't know I if i can music i don't know if i can find this and I, I i swear i have no memories i i normally do not drink as as i mentioned you know i'm not a drinker sure at one point i was given jello shots and told they had almost no alcohol in them and I ended up singing the song Rap God. I don't even know that I, I don't know the lyrics to that, but there's a video. I've of never me heard the song. He, I've never heard the song Rap God, but there's a video of me singing it. Um, yeah. yeah. So I, I need to find this video. And if I can find it, I, I will, for the, for the world, demonstrate this, that I, I apparently, when I'm drunk enough, can rap. Hell yeah. That's awesome. Um, I would love I would love to check that out. Uh but yeah, I don't know. It would be cool to rap on the podcast. Uh it would do a bad job, but uh we need to have the music on my side locally because you know I'm on a delay or whatever. So but so that's a whole issue. But hey, that's okay. That's okay. You know what? You know what I realized? Someone left a Reddit comment saying they didn't like that I complain about the show being bad, and I think they're right. I don't know if they were being very nice about it, but it's fine. Whatever. I'm not I'm not calling them out for having a critical Reddit post, which is something I would do, and I have no problem doing. But right now, I'm not doing that. <laughs> um, and so I should try to say that, oh, the show's bad. What am I doing? Oh, my God. You know, I should have less of a meltdown during the show as the show. Like, that shouldn't be the show, you know? um so i think that was a good point um they said like oh either give up or shut up about it which i get but i don't know you know i'm just in the moment being like ah this is bad and then i'm like well you gotta admit you can't just not say it's bad like otherwise people think you think it's good and it's like well come on please be sure that i don't think this is good right now this that's what's happening but i gotta not be like that i gotta be like no 
this is good. We're having a good time because I'm good at this. So I think we're going to have to start doing that more. Does that make sense? It does. But I mean, I will say that people keep saying, hey, we want this to be more like Harmontown. And when I was feeding like transcripts of all of Harmontown into the AI thing, the number one most common phrase was, this is a bad show. But right. That was the most that's, I agree. So, so that that's what I was thinking. I think that's what I thought I was doing too. I was like, well, surely this can't be upsetting to people because this is something that Dan would do all the time, you know? Um, but I get it or whatever, or that person, whatever I get it. It's, uh, it's fine. The point is we have a Reddit and it's okay to comment on it. It is, I promise. And we have a good discord and another good discord. We have so many good discords and it's a good show and it's going to be a good show. And isn't this better than complaining that the show's bad? Isn't this better, Kevin? Oh my God. The show's so good. I mean, uh, it feels we, like a bad show. We, Hey, come on, man. We were off to a good start. We had a good bit. We're flying at the speed of Kevin, which is continuing, by the way. I think we're still flying at the speed of Kevin, wouldn't you say? I hope so. I mean, I, I, I have been flying a little bit close to the sun lately, so let's, let's keep doing that. <laughs> Kevin keeps, Kevin's been talking about these wax wings he's been building lately. It's very, it's like, I don't know. He's acting like no one's ever came up with that. It's like, not only have people come up with that, it's like famously well known what happened and it wasn't good with those wax wicks and i'm like i mean i don't know if it's a joke but i don't want to i feel like i'm going to be the one who's a fool if i'm like hey you know you shouldn't try and do that you they'll melt you know etc um but yeah but kevin's been flying too close to the sun lately and it's a problem because i'm worried that i don't know i'm not going to be able to make the show anymore if like kevin uh his wings melt you know and i'm like jesus christ you know I'll I'll have I'll have a backup parachute just in case. That's what you always say, and then you almost die, and then you're like, "Oh, I'm calling from a nuclear submarine. I had to be taken to the Marianas Trench for the rarest surgery in the world." <laughs> this is what Kevin's always doing. <laughs> Kevin's the inspiration for the Dosecki's most inspirational, uh, in, uh, most inspirational man in the world. I'm pretty sure he was called. Is that correct, Kevin? I don't know, but I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> the most inspirational man in the world yeah uh stay stay thirsty my friends that's what kevin <laughs> kevin used to always say that that's the thing is uh, it's when when we first met kevin when he was leaving he was like stay thirsty my friends <laughs> and i was like man i trust that guy inherently um as you should yeah 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 i should you were right um mm -hmm. so i got um i got a present recently can i talk about that yeah you can sure okay kevin got me an oculus no it's a meta quest 3 and it's really crazy and so now i'm in the vr world um it's interesting you know it's interesting because you know you're you've messed around with vr uh and i don't know but it's just you're interested in it as a technique you know you're a nerd like me so um you know it's interesting, but I haven't used VR very much. I'm not super interested in a lot of like typical games, but if anyone has like, any game recommendations, recommendations, let me know. But I don't just want to, I don't know. 
I don't just want to play like random games. I don't know. I was playing Demio with my friend, which is like this kind of board game almost, but uh, you have like a virtual perspective on the board game and you can also shrink yourself down and be like the size of the board. Not that that matters mechanically. You still are just moving it around, you know, um, but it was really fun. And, um, and I was also playing, I could mirror my computer to it which was interesting because I was just trying to see like what all I can do with it. And I played magic arena off my computer on it. And I was just sitting there seeing these big cards and like dragging them around with the hand controls instead of the mouse. And it was really awesome. I was like, I fucking love playing. It felt like playing Yu-Gi-Oh in the anime where they have those big holograms and stuff. It felt, it was really fun. Um, and something about that was really cool. But then it's just, the thing is like, you become aware that there's like screens right in front of you. You know, you kind of drift in and out of realizing that, but that's the thing is like, I could play it on my computer and I won't have it in front of my eyes. And then I do have it in front of my eyes. And I'm like, I wonder if this is going to be bad for me, you know? And so I think like, that's, what's interesting because I was thinking about using like more apps, less games, but like, you know, cause the pros, the vision pros coming out. So it's like, um, you know vr is poised to actually potentially take off you know um in a way it hasn't so i was thinking about like what other non-game apps would be interesting to develop i was kind of thinking like oh it'd be cool to try and like learn how to develop vr apps you know um just because like maybe that's going to be a field coming soon you know but then but using it i was thinking like there's this higher barrier to entry which is this knowing there's screens in front of your eyes you know because like you could do a spreadsheet in VR and it might be really cool, but is that really coolness worth being like, but I don't have to like have this inches away from my eyes. I can look at a screen a couple feet from my head and that seems like it might be better for my health. And these days you can't trust companies are going to care about your health meaningfully. You know, it's like, what have we, what health problems have phones caused that like we never thought about the backs, the elbows, the wrists, you know, everything, the shoulders, uh, like just using phones has caused health problems. And there's no way to know because you need long-term studies and no one's going to pay for them and they take too long anyway, you know? Um, so it's, uh, it's, it's interesting. Um, I, I wonder how it's going to be for people's eyes, you know? Um, but it wasn't too fatiguing. It's just something you're aware of, you know? I don't know. Whatever. Uh, we're at the speed of Kevin. That was at the speed of Spencer. we got to slow down or speed up. Who knows? Um, well, 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 what's, your, what's your take of all of, of VR? <laughs> great. Great So, question. Good I, show. I get, it's a good show. I, I get it. It is. This is, this is a fantastic show. This is our best mm-hmm. yet. Um, I get motion sick really easily, so I, don't, I can't do a lot. Like, I really wanted yeah. to play the Resident Evil game. But like I lasted five minutes in that before I was like, nope, I can't do this. Um, yeah. But there there are some apps where like, you know, you can go like it's it's like a video that's playing, but you can like virtually walk around the Eiffel Tower or the Roman Coliseum yeah. or things mm-hmm. like that. And I really enjoy doing those things. It's like it's places that I may never visit in my life that I it's not the same as being there, but it feels so much more like you're there than it does just watching a video. So I yeah. enjoyed that a lot. Um just seeing things, you know, like, you know, going through the forests in New Zealand and stuff like that of, you know, you you can walk around where they shot some of the Lord of the Rings stuff. And, and you know, it it's it that I think is kind of compelling because it makes you feel like you're really there. Um, mm-hmm. I did get a demo of some of the uh, Apple Vision stuff where you could do these like, you know, basically it's sort of like 3D FaceTime with people and it felt 
really compelling. Like it, it was way more than like a FaceTime call. It felt like literally like, you know, I would be talking to you as though you were three feet in front of me. Like I'd see your body, you'd mm-hmm. see my body. Yeah. If I move my arms, I it were, you know, it still felt a little bit like uh you know, Nintendo me a little bit. Yeah, you know, it, it, that's it, the thing. A lot of people were complaining about how it looked kind of, yeah, like a PS1 avatar or something, you know? Right. Like there's, I feel like Apple has maybe released this a little bit too early, but at the same time, nothing with it is broken. It's just not polished yet to their normal level. But they, they kind of pitched this, you know, the Vision Pro as this isn't for everybody. This is for the nerds who want to develop stuff and the people who really want to get in on the ground floor of this. The the real one's coming later. So yeah, of course. I'm curious to see how that, that comes out. But Yeah. I agree. I've heard that a lot actually. Uh did you have anything else I feel like I cut you off? No, no. It's just, it's I, I feel like we're on the cusp of a lot of of amazing things that are not quite there yet. Yeah. It's interesting to see because it's a new format, you know, it's a new medium. And it'll be interesting to see what uh, it lends itself to, you know, like you said, it might just be like visual virtual experiences. Um, I've messed around in VR chat and that's interesting. But a lot of the locations in VR chat are kind of like sparse. You probably do better than that. But also, I think they're supposed to be kind of like easy to load or something because a lot of people do VR chat. I don't know. Um, anyway. Oh, uh, Kevin hit it. Okay. Um, so, uh, that's right, folks. It's a very special day. Do you know what day it is? It's the big game. Do you know what that means? Oh, speaking of big games, you know what's something I've been wanting to ask you for the longest time? When when you were in elementary school, did you ever play this game called Capture the Magic Wand? What? It's called it was called Capture the Magic Wand. Was it was it, I don't know if this was just like a regional thing that we all played or if it was like uh ev- everyone played this sort of thing, but does that sound familiar to you? I think Kevin's doing a bit, folks. Capture what's it called? Capture the what? Capture the Capture the Magic Wand. No, this is a real thing. This is this is a real, real thing. No, it's not. Okay. All right. Let me explain this. Then maybe you called it something different. So this was like, I don't know, like fourth grade elementary school era. We all went to the gym, divided each into two teams with like a center line. The magic flag? Magic wand. Capture the magic wand? Yeah, yes. magic flag doesn't make any sense. I, I made it weirder, but wand <laughs> is weird. Okay, sorry. So there's two teams. It's, is it in the gym? Is it an in? Yeah, gym we played game? this. In, yeah, this was an in the gym game. So you each divided across like the center line, and there were there were so many rules to this game that I don't know how as kids we we managed to play this. So like, if you managed to pull somebody over the center line, they had to go to jail, which was at the very back of of your side of it. And how would you pull them? literally you just like tug of war grab someone like if you grab their shirt grab their arm whatever the whole idea was okay. like yeah. 30 kids were all like across this uh, this center line ripping each other across the 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 center line if you managed to pull somebody completely over the center line they had to go to your jail okay and you could get somebody out of jail though so like if your teammates were in jail on the other side of the room if you managed to sneak past uh, the other team and touch somebody in jail they got to walk back for free back to in- playing in the game again but the right. whole point of the game was that there was a traffic cone in the corner of the room on each side 
<laughs> Zoom did a thumbs up for some reason. Um, it didn't do it for me. I wanted to test it and it didn't do it. Go, yeah. sorry. <laughs> um, there was a traffic cone with a piece of PVC pipe sticking out of the top of it. If you could get past all the other teams defending you and not get touched at any point, grab the the PVC pipe, which was a magic wand, and then run back and touch it to your magic wand. Your team won the game. Does this sound familiar to you at all? No, this is insane. Um, okay, so <laughs> how would you so so you can get someone out of jail if you tag mm -hmm. them, but you had mm -hmm. to get onto the enemy side. How would you get on the enemy side? You had to fake people out because you know there, we didn't have like colors or anything to, to determine who was who. So sometimes you'd pretend to be on the other side, you know, or it was just so much chaos that you could sometimes run around the other team because they were all tired of warring each other. And if you yeah. could run by and literally just run past people and touch 10 people in your jail in the other team's jail, and they all got to go back into the game. So what you would try yeah. to do is get as many of the opposite of team in jail as possible so that one of you could get to the heavily defended magic wand and then bring it back to touch your magic wand and then you'd win. Yeah, so mo fundamentally, that's a very similar game to Capture the Flag. Um, but when I would play Capture the Flag, we would do it outdoors, and we would have flag football flags. You know, they're loosely clipped together, and they have, I think, three kind of pennants hanging off. Um, and so, and so, yeah, once you got to the other side, then you were free to be pulled. You could be flag grabbed. But... Um, uh, there was not this tug of war in the middle, presumably because people would go on on their own, you know, because you'd want to go over because you'd want to capture the flag because that's how you actually got points. But as part of that, part of that would be posturing, kind of setting up plays, distracting to let someone else run through gap, you know, doing stuff like that. So it was more mental as opposed to it sounds like yours. They would line up and physically try and essentially like like wrestle points off the team as opposed to just kind of darting around on maybe a larger field. So it does seem very similar um, to capture the flag. Um, so that's interesting. Uh, it just took me a while to like put it together. That that's kind of more or less what you're describing. Yeah, well, see, and then the flag would be like just a cloth, like an old jersey or something. It wouldn't be like a flag flag, right? And see, I think so. The problem with the way that we played this was that you know third fourth grade was kind of that period where there were some kids that were like me who were like thirty pounds and scrawny, and then we had kids that were like five foot ten, like adult sized kids that were also in the same and. Putting them up, you know, all facing each other, trying to tug of war. The big kids would literally just pick the little kids and just whip them across the line. Like there, there was no tug of war involved. It was just literally lifting some small kid up and throwing them across the line. Sure. So we all would get hurt every time we played this game. At least one kid was going to the nurse's office. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's the part that makes it not capture the flag is like the part that makes it bad and probably easy to get hurt. Yeah. Right. And because this was like indoors, this was the game we would play because, you know, I grew up in Nebraska where the weather was always, you know, either way too hot or way too cold or something. So we had to end up playing inside a lot as kids. Hard wooden, like basketball court floor when playing tug of war on with no protective equipment whatsoever. Every kid ended up getting hurt, you know, like so the, the school ended up banning this game because that's all we wanted to play because this was the most fun thing we could possibly imagine as a kid. And yeah. we would constantly get hurt. So they banned the game. 
And it was so controversial that I don't think this was in my class. I think this was the grade above me. But the kids basically went on strike and refused to take tests or do anything until they let us play the game again. Wow. And the, the compromise was that, like, the rules got changed so badly that it was not even recognizably the same game, but they told <laughs> us it was still capture the, the magic wand. Sure. So it it pacified the, the kids. And did no one, yeah, did they, like, it was good enough for them? They were okay with it? My memory was no one asked to ever play it ever again after <sighs> we realized it sucked, you know? But that was, that wow. was, that was my, that, that was my, my go-to game at that age. Yeah. So I guess off of that, I have two stories. Um, one is in middle school. This was not high school. In middle school, um, there are some kids who before school, they would play football in the grass at the school. And um, it wasn't like a field. There were like actual more sports field, but it wasn't there. Um, and they would, yeah, they would like actually, I don't think they would play tackle football. It was more like two hand touch or something, but two hand touch. It's like, People will push you pretty hard just because they can, and they're like, all right, I'm touching you um, with two hands. It's called a shove. Um, and uh, so, you know, you can get a little bit hurt, or it's a little bit physical, but it's not like dog pile. It's not tackling. Um, and so they would play it, but eventually that got banned. Um, I don't know why. I don't know if anyone is actually getting hurt or whatever, but it got banned. And um, then they started playing secret football, where instead of using a football, they would use just like a small tennis sized ball. Like they, they would sometimes be rubber balls or kind of more toy balls or something, but you know, just something that you could throw and wasn't a football. And they would call it secret football and they would be like, Hey, you want to play secret football? And part of secret football was you wouldn't line up normally. You'd kind of just get into rough position and then someone would hike the ball and then you'd throw it. And then like, the second it was down, everyone would kind of break formation and stop making it look like a game anymore, you know, and kind of go back to like whatever. And so like that was a big part of it was like was like it was sporadic bursts of football between breaking up and not looking like you're associating. And um, that kept going until there was this one kid in our school named Sumit and um, Sumit one time. I don't know why. I think he maybe caught a pass or something. Um, but at some point he yelled, we're playing secret football. <laughs> and uh, someone heard and then they had to stop playing secret football. So that's that story of a band sport. Um, but the other story is, is a sport as a school game um, story, which I am not from here. I'm from Northern California, Elk Grove, which is, uh, right outside of Sacramento. Um, it's a place where they say Hella. That's where Hella comes from, is uh, Northern California. I mean, I'm sure it's in other places too. But around here, you hear Hella up there and less down here. Um, although, you know, it's moved around. It's uh, Hella is kind of everywhere now anyway. But anyway, so that's that story is Hella is the thing that people say. Um, but uh so we didn't have like our four square courts. Did you have four square courts or anything like the painted lines on the ground? Not to my memory. No. So like there's various kids games that they would have at our school. And one was four square where you'd have these four squares and you'd have like a rubber recess ball, you know, like one of those big balls and you'd, you know, whack it uh, into the other thing. Kind of like uh kind of like tennis 
except you'd get it over onto your opponent's line and up to four people could play at once and you're like bouncing the ball into their thing and kind of playing a four-way tennis and you could do it two players you could do it three players whatever you could do it all sorts of ways it's very adaptable um but at my school in northern california it was a big circle instead of four squares so it was a circle that was cut up into segments like you know quarter circle segments and um you could still play four square it and stuff but we also played a game called four corners um and i think it works better on that kind of court because four corners had like these round things whereas um where whereas the squares had the these corners where but um so how four corners worked is one person would stand in the center and they were essentially it or whatever they were essentially like a goalkeeper or it and tag or something and then four people would stand on if it was a square they'd stand on the corners of the four corners but if it was the circle there's no corners so you stand on the intersections of each segment because there's essentially four spokes right of the circle that form the four quadrants and um and then the outer people would have to take turns switching places so you know if you were at uh six o'clock on the circle then you'd have to switch with three o'clock or nine o'clock and then that if you switched that would be one point but while you were switching the person in the center could run to the unoccupied spot and steal it and if they stole it then they would get to be on the out and then the person who lost their spot kind of uh musical chair style who didn't get a base would have to then be it and so that's what we played four corners you ever play that no and i, I was thinking right it? at the very end this sounds a lot like like musical chairs but yeah yeah um it's similar to musical chairs and so we played it there um oh sorry were you gonna say more no no go ahead we're at the speed of kevin folks um <laughs> but uh but so yeah so we'd play that and it was pretty fun and again so it would be a circle so because it was a circle i think like it was pretty close um whether or not like the people would trade before the person in the center would be able to to steal the spot or not and then also there is like a rule where if someone someone if the person in the middle was trying to go after someone else then you could go and and tap your foot on the spot in the center like their base in the center with your foot and if you tapped them like four times you'd they'd be out but they weren't out because it was essentially as out as you can be so it's basically a humiliation. I don't know. But sometimes if there was people in line to play, I guess then you'd be out and someone else could be in the center. Um, but yeah, so we used to play that. We, I moved down here. No one played it. And so I taught people how to play. And um, the squares and stuff were not optimized for four corners at all. The middle was basically fucked every time. Like, I don't know exactly how it worked. But uh, yeah, the middle was always fucked. But people played a lot of four corners. And then I saw it at other schools, too. And I was like, I wonder if someone else taught these people to play four corners or if this came from like my seed of spreading course, you know, spreading it at my school because like no one was playing it. And then by the time I was like out of those grades, like everyone, not everyone was playing it, but people were playing it. People would also play handball. So there'd be like this big wooden wall set up and then they'd, um, you know, and then they'd uh, hit the recess ball against the wall and the handball exists, but it's like a little rubber ball. And so it was like the same thing, but with a recess ball and yeah. So that's 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 kind of like what the kids the games were in my was uh, your like elementary school playground ridiculously unsafe compared to like today's standards. 
Uh, I don't know. I feel like when I was up north, it was pretty good. And then I moved down here and then I went to a second grade school and it was all like just iron or stainless steel or something. And it just seemed really, uh, hardcore. And I don't know if it was safe or not, but it it wasn't like, you know, modern ones, certainly. Um, so yeah, kind of, I guess. I mean, I know I'm a, I'm a little older than you, but like the, the elementary school I went to in Nebraska, like all the playground equipment was just built by the janitor himself, like out of like Whoa. pipes and stuff, you know, like there were like monkey bars and stuff like this, but it was literally just like plumbing pipes that he welded together on yeah. concrete where, you know, if you fell off, you were going to hurt yourself. And the slide had like this chunk of m- missing sheet metal that you just had to like not slide down that part of it or you'd cut yourself open. And it was like that for years, you know, it, yeah. it it doesn't it doesn't uh track with how i see schools today yeah no for sure i mean i don't know everything's so weird now it's so i don't know i was just on a hike today and i went to the wilderness center and it was like closed and it's always closed and anytime i see a wilderness center anywhere i go to hike it's always closed so um it uh it's just a bummer um like and i was like man like I don't know if we're ever going to get to a point where that can like these can be open because it's like they're not supposed to do like amazing business. You know, they're not part of this new like nonstop growth economy. They exist to like fill out a community and make it nice, you know, and and it's like, yeah, I don't know if that's ever going to come back. It's like it's just like an extinct kind of and there's probably a lot of jobs that are like that that are just like not sustainable in the way they were or they've shrunken a lot, you know, um that are just yeah, and it's like then that's the stuff that makes life work living, you know. I don't know. But you were know you, what else makes well, what? Go ahead. Were you a a tall kid when you were like in yeah, elementary school? Yeah, okay. Definitely. So were you always like the the first one picked for every sporting thing? No, not at all. Okay. We didn't do a lot of stuff where you got picked, but yeah, I wasn't, you know, there's people that were good at sports and they'd get picked. Uh, you know, I think I was pretty not good. I don't think size in a lot of the stuff I was doing, I don't think size really mattered too much. See, I think a lot of the games that we played that like, the, like the, I'm now realizing we probably made up that the, the magic wand game was more based off of physical size than any kind of sports skill you know sure, it, was just, yeah. it was just whoever was bigger because you know nebraska's a big football kind of town you know it it's all about football and that's a lot about just whoever's bigger wins so i think that that may be where we kind of got that from yeah yeah well i mean size i get yeah it does seem like it is that they're like they're it's like yeah it felt like capture the flag if they added kind of rules that favor big people or whatever but you know what other game favors big people is football. That's right. Hit it, Kevin. It's the freaking, it's the big game. That's right. It's a football game, and you got the two sides. They're facing off on the football field. That's right, folks. I know all oh, about. Yeah. I, I get, I, sorry, another, another high school memory here. This is a big controversy in, in my school. The girls' football team got banned from the, the the whole state competition thing for the entire year because they were cheating. One of the girls had a, a, a whistle, and they would blow the whistle 
the other like the, our, our team knew to ignore the whistle because it wasn't one of the refs blowing the whistle and would keep playing the other team would hear the whistle and stop playing so it do you understand can i get what they were doing there no what i'm sorry okay. I, I don't i'm gonna be honest i was not listening i was kind okay. of caught in disbelief as i imagine the audience might be um i think everybody's worried about you um uh, but i do have a concussion right now so yeah well that's that's what i was gonna bring up is is there anything like so for the audience is there anything you want to tell the audience that might explain what the fuck is like why are you why is it why why are you okay. thinking of, why are, okay so so okay back to the story let tell tell the story again i got that yeah, out of my me, system okay let me let me because I, I saw the look of confusion on your face and i thought maybe i wasn't making sense um okay the girls football team cheated really badly our, our school's girls football team cheated why was so there one a of the girls football team this is one of see this is why no one believes fucking kept a girls <laughs> football team yes they call it the the, the powder puff uh, league yes okay okay a powder puff Foot, football this is starting is, to sound is, more legitimate is everything in nebraska okay that's the only powder, sport that matters. I, I know about powder puff leagues you you, you want okay back. okay so one of the girls sneakily had like a ref's whistle hidden down her shirt okay they would start to oh, play fuck okay and then yeah. she would bl sneakily blow the whistle our team knew to ignore the whistle because it was a fake yeah. the other team all stopped playing because they thought the ref called off to play yeah yeah of course and then we would our team would go score and the problem is they did it too many times in one game and got caught doing it so our team got banned for the entire year from from playing we we got disqualified for the the whole year yeah for sure that's hardcore cheating that's like really egregious yes that's yeah that's that's cool that's badass um that that, that is they got yeah. caught. you know they almost they almost got away with it just like the freaking sticking stinking 49ers no hold on oh okay hold on hold on let me look at my notes kevin this is a really good show um abed said they said abed said they said hella in modesto really so where's modesto is that northern california that's a little I don't north, know right it, i would call that not northern california though it's north of here i think i think i don't know though and also i have no idea where it is um why was, was it's by san francisco was, so, so when is abed in modesto when is what well, whatever whatever i wonder what abed's doing um we gotta we gotta get abed on we gotta well, okay, so here's what we got to do. This is an actually good idea. Maybe maybe I'll write this down or something. This is an actually good idea because the show's good because I'm good at the show. Um, we got to pre-record talks with Abed and use them as segments. Does that make sense? Like yes. an Abed corner? I think that's a pretty cool idea. Like uh, what grinds Abed's gears or, you know, I don't know. Because, you know, he, he is, things grind his, grind his gears. Abed says he can come on. Hold on, Abed. We might have to. We might have to get. I, I definitely have some topics to get through. Hold on. I, that's why. Okay. Abed got a new computer. He says. Um, okay. So, do you hear about this George Carlin AI thing? I mean, I I know this is like culturally past already, but. Um, yeah, didn't it turn out to be fake or something, or I don't. I I knew something well, was. was okay. Tell you tell the story. 
Yeah. So yeah, no, I mean, I'm sure everybody's heard the story, but just really, really quickly. Uh, (laughs) Will Sasso has a podcast that involves AI. The AI on the podcast, his name is Dudesy. And for some reason, Dudesy AI allegedly was coming up with a stand-up special of George Carlin. And it was... And so it had a preface where the AI of Dudesy was like, just so you know, this is not George Carlin. This is me, Dudesy, the AI. I came up with it. We just use AI to like try and come up, like to synthesize what George Carlin's stuff was. And then we use this AI voice to sound like George Carlin. And uh, yeah, they did a special. I don't know if it cost money or what, but it pissed off the George Carlin's kid, the George Carlin estate. And um, I think they were like, we're going to sue you. And then they were like, no, no, someone wrote it. Someone wrote it. And uh, so that's the situation. I don't know. My friend Simon, we've had Simon on the podcast, actually. Simon said he listened to it and he really liked it. And he played me some jokes of it. And I didn't. I always say I loved it, but I didn't, I didn't think the jokes were bad. Like, I was actually kind of surprised that I didn't think they were bad. Like, um, you know, we mess around with AI a lot and it coming up with stuff this good was like, this is this maybe not crazy better. If it was written by a human, they were probably trying to make it not feel too good or whatever. So it's legitimate by an AI, but Simon thought it is AI and they're just saying it was a person to cover their asses. Um, but that's what he thinks. I don't know what to think. Um, I could honestly buy it both ways. Um, the stuff I was hearing didn't seem so good. It couldn't have been a person, but it would have been easier for a person to write that stuff. Um, but the, it also did talk about itself a little bit. You know, how AI loves to like put AI into subject matter and stuff like that. It was doing that, which was like, that does actually seem like something AI would do. And I don't know that someone would necessarily think to make AI do that. You know, I'm not sure it's definitely not impossible, but to me, I don't know. It kind of puts the edge on AI actually wrote it, uh, which I don't know. You know, I'm not saying it was good. Simon said it was good, and uh, but I didn't think it was bad. I was surprised, but you know, it's bad obviously for IP reasons and everything. But uh, whatever, you know, it's a it's a crazy world. Um, that's all. That's all. I guess I thought I had something else like philosophically to say about that, but it's just weird. Um. This is a terrible. Okay, so this is this this just says a comic where a guy doesn't buy gems in a game to speed up his meter, but he does buy an energy drink at the gym. Is that an interesting comic strip? <laughs> does that make sense? You get you get there's a kind of like there's a bit of like uh you know, what do you call it? Comparison there. The gems yeah. that speed up your meter and a an energy drink at the gym. I don't know. I don't know. I I thought you were doing like Pokemon gym for a minute there, so I was a little thrown off. But yeah. Okay. All right. That's fine. Um, on TikTok, people are saying stands on business. That's a new thing people are saying. Like, it basically means you're cool. I don't. I think it means something more specific than you're cool. But in general, something is like it, it's a positive thing to say, and so it goes around. Stands on business is the new thing. It's like, oh, this person stands on business. I don't like it because it honestly, like, 
people say it when people are doing things that are very much not standing on business, if that makes sense. Like they're cool things, but they're like the opposite of standing on business. Uh, anyway. Um, okay. So movie. It's, it idea. sounds like a, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. We're, we're at it, speed of Kevin. It sounds like a really bad corporate slogan for like UPS or something, you know, like, yeah, like a that, slogan, like a business slogan, like you know, yeah. use cor- like use Taxstar corporate solution logistics. You know, we yeah. stand on business or something like that. Yeah, that that's that's what I get out of that. Yeah, for sure. All right, movie idea. Okay, so um, there's there's a guy who's um, it's a movie. This is a movie. There's a guy. Let's say it's a girl. It's a lady. There's a lady out on a hike and um, she hears a bird making some weird chirp noises. And so she climbs up a tree and finds a bird's nest. Okay. Okay. And, and she sees there's a bird and the bird is laying an egg. Oh, wait, it's not. The bird is giving live birth. Smash cut to news reports. Bird discovered, you know, um, hatching, uh, or bird discovered giving live birth. Is this a hoax? Is it true? Whatever. It turns out, you know, I don't know exactly the, the choreography from here, but it turns out that birds have been giving birth live in the wild forever. And what the fuck are eggs? <laughs> because we've had eggs this whole time. But it turns out that birds don't lay eggs. So there's this vast conspiracy to feed eggs to people and sell eggs to people. And what's that? What's causing that? Because it's not birds. Because they give live birds. And that's... That's the movie. <laughs> so, did did you have a resolution to this? Like, where where is, is this? Like, or is this just like some M Night Shyamalan? Like, this is the twist, and the movie ends right there. Um, no, no, you definitely have to find something more out. Um, you find out that eggshells are made of people. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but yeah. So you know. We have a tradition of my amazing movie pitches and i had that idea and i was like this is like such a crazy idea <laughs> turns out that birds actually give live birth but eggs still exist in society anyway okay uh that's that's enough what a good show uh, i wanted to do some emails tonight maybe we should just do some emails um we can talk about the super bowl anytime uh Okay. I saw, saw, speaking of Super Bowl, though, I saw a Mountain Dew ad that you sent me, actually, right? It was a Super Bowl ad for Mountain Dew. Oh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, it had Abby Plaza. I thought it was a cool ad. Uh, Abed, Abed doesn't like a Super Bowl ads. Abed doesn't, the, Abed doesn't like new commercials because they're too, uh, what do you call it? Um, they're too self aware, he said. Anyway. Uh, I think I'm just a gotta, fan of anything yeah. Aubrey Plaza does. You know, she's just that that so perfectly weird 
I, I don't know. I mean, you've, you've, you've worked with her and for some reason, AI thinks you're married to her every time we asked about it, you. So, yeah. um, but like, she just comes across as just like, like, I can't believe she's a real person kind of vibe. Yeah. I thought she was so cool and she was really nice. Uh, Steve worked on the, what was that called? Little demon or whatever. Yeah. Um, which she was involved with. So Steve's like kind of decent friends with her now, which I'm pretty jealous of, but you know, whatever that's life. Steve Levy, he's doing well, but let's not worry about Steve Levy and worry about Rory who writes, Hey, Kevin, Hey, Spencer and Kevin Spencer. I watched you in the recent commander at home and Tolarian community college videos, both very fun. I'd love to try and force stranger interactions and win conditions, usually to the detriment of winning. It seems like you enjoy those kinds of decks or what are some of your favorites? Um, one of mine is used Delina wild mage to duplicate Flynn, the Finn, the fair bear, bear fang bearer. He has death touch and gives poison when death touch hits the enemy. Um, get a few copies and you can sneak in 10 poison in one attack. That's awesome. Okay. So, uh, we're talking about weird magic combos, basically, if you're not understanding what we're talking about, but, um, I've been, I've been wanting to play a lot more magic lately. I don't know. I've been like gotten magic pilled somehow, but, um, I guess it's honestly just doing these kind of magic videos. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I've been wanting to play a lot more, but, um, so the two kinds of decks that I made that I want to talk about are one was a blue deck and it was based on, I wanted to come up with the stupidest way to win the game of magic, which Kevin. So if you don't know magic, the main way to win is you each have 20 life points and you reduce the opponent's life points uh, points by attacking them usually with creatures. And so you reduce their life to, to zero. And also you can win by running out of cards. If you run out of cards, like if you each play 60 turns and you draw all of the cards and you run out, then you can lose by running out of cards. So those are two main ways to win. Then there's other ways to win too. But I was trying to like, there's like a card that's like, oh, if you have so many creatures, you win the game for having that many creatures. So there's cards like that too, that win you the game. Um, so I wanted to come up with a deck that was like, what's the stupidest way you can possibly win? So there's one card that lets you look at the top couple of cards of your library and put one of those cards in your hand. And it's a pretty good card, but it's not like crazy in the sense like it's not a giant fireball. It's not a giant monster. It's not like crazy. It's And so I was like, what if you could win by casting that card? Um, and so I put together a deck where basically what it does is masses a lot of mana and then it casts a bunch of spells for free. But ultimately it casts um, Hive Mind, which makes uh, your opponents copy. Uh, it makes everybody copy each other's spells. So if I cast a spell, you cast the same spell. And if you cast a spell, I cast the same spell. So it's a weird card. So you play Hive Mind and then you play this card that lets you draw every card in your deck except for one. And then you don't have to discard for the rest of the game. So you get every card in your hand. So I have infinite mana in every card in my hand. And usually that's so much power that you can win the game, you know, because you have every card in your deck, which then you can use it to win the game. And then you could pay for to play every card in your deck because you have all the mana in the world, which the mana pays for the cards. Um, and so then because of hive mind your opponent draws their whole deck but they don't have infinite mana um so your opponent draws more their whole library um and and so then you each have one card and so then you play that one little card that draws it lets you look at the top card of your library and draw it 
And so that one's called Ponder. And so then you play Ponder, and then your opponent ponders too. And each of you draw the last card of your library. So you're each out of cards. And then you play Ponder again. And then they copy the Ponder and play that again. And because the rules of magic are specific, um, they will cast their ponder before yours will. And so they'll try and draw a card with an empty library and that'll cause them to lose the game. So they'll lose the game. But the weird thing about it is if they can do anything to not draw that card, then your ponder will go into effect and then you'll lose the game. So it's this weird rule situation where the opponent loses a game and then immediately you would lose the game. But since they lose the game, the game ends and it stops existing. So you can't lose you know but it's this very weird rules interaction where the stupidest like this very stupid simple cheap card wins the game by making the opponent cast it after you've cast a really powerful spell and your opponent has also cast the exact same really powerful spell so i came up with that deck just because i thought that was a really stupid way to win um and so that's a combo and another combo i have is like there's a card that copies itself for as many creatures your opponent has and so um and so then those creatures go away. So what you're supposed to do is your opponent has like four creatures out. You you get that guy out and you attack with him and then it makes three copies of itself. So now they have four. And so now you have your creatures that are attacking and four copies of this one guy. And so it makes an army as big as your opponent's army. Um, but it's supposed to happen once. But technically you can attack multiple times if you do certain things in the game. And so what you do is you set up this really complicated set of mechanics to untap those four guys that you made and attack with them again. And then each of those four guys will make four guys. And so then, then you'll be attacking with 16 guys and, um, and you can keep doing that over and over. The thing is you'll usually kill them after like one or two attacks, like repetitions, because then you'll get 64 and you know, 256 and stuff. But it's this really weird combo that, that uses a card that was never supposed to attack multiple times because it copies itself and the copies will copy itself. Um, and so those are two combos I've, I really like, and they're both really clunky, really hard to set up combos. Um, so they're not necessarily good decks, but when they go off, they're really fun. And especially if you're like interested in magic, um, I think they're interesting because they're the kinds of things you wouldn't necessarily think of or see even in most games of magic, you know, and that's, that's how I like to play, which is what that guy's email was about. What do you think, Kevin? I mean, how much of magic is bending the rules like this and how much of it is people like strictly playing by the book? Like what you just described there, is that rare and crazy that you did that? Or is that kind of like the game working as intended? It is the game working as intended. The thing is, there's different ways to play, and they're kind of based on tournaments. Um, so there's multiple kinds of tournaments. It'll be kind of like weight classes, like you kind of have a heavyweight, like high-powered decks and, and stuff like that. And so the decks I use don't really fit into most tournament um, formats. Or if they did, they'd be against decks that are so good they could win instantly, and so they wouldn't stand a chance. Um, like you know, like the deck I just described, it's like a really bad deck, but technically it would only be legal in like a heavyweight division, essentially, and then it would be destroyed by every heavyweight deck that ever existed. You know, um, so that's kind of how it, it you how how the game kind of stratifies the power levels. Um, but you know, a lot of people just play kind of casually and stuff, or play with whatever they have, and so you know. I don't know. And so um, most of the time, if you're playing sanctioned, either my, like um, the my decks will be super weak compared to what they are, or we'll just be playing casual and there'll be like a weird deck that's not, you're not built 
to deal with. So it's it's hard to kind of match up good power levels if that makes sense. Yeah, do um, do, do other players yeah. appreciate the crazy stuff like you you discussed, or is it kind of like, come on, Spencer, did you have to play that? Like, you know, is is what you're talking about encouraged or more kind of like you're bending the rules? I think it's not it's so so the thing is it's a complicated combo there's there's really simple combos that are that we win the game just as good but they're easier to pull off and those are called degenerate and degenerate combos are kind of a bummer to play against consistently because there's not a lot of in gameplay it's just like oh you have the cards and then you win my deck's the same way it just takes so long that like you can very easily kill me before i get those cards and i can't do anything about it so people can just attack me unopposed until i can get off my combo but degenerate combos are not seen is good but as a result like they've been banned a lot of them and um they don't make cards that do those degenerate combos so much anymore so complicated weird combos i think are pretty encouraged but degenerate combos can be can be a bummer but people still play them when they are legal because it's like yeah that's going to give you an edge like in a tournament if a combo is legal and it's way better than everything else you'd be stupid not to play it and then that means people will play decks that are good at destroying combo decks and so you still have tournament stuff counterplay that goes on um, but yeah, I'd say that most people like it. I think if you're a real beginner, there's a lot of my decks that don't really make a lot of sense because they use higher level rules interactions that they might not necessarily be familiar with. So I like playing with lower level decks too, that just do like more interesting, flavorful stuff. That's not so complicated, but, but yeah, I don't think it's necessarily the main way to play, but a ton of people are kind of like me or do like you know i played someone in a tournament the other well it wasn't like a it was like a casual tournament but i played someone at a store the other day and she had a deck that she said was made out of cards that she uh thought were really cute and it was you know and people play like that and it's cool and i i made a cat deck for someone because they like cats so they just have a deck that's cats because they like cats and that's valid too you know so there's that's the cool thing about magic is there's like a lot of ways to approach it and they can all kind of intersect and people kind of appreciate it because they all kind of spur from the cards and everyone knows what the cards are so they kind of can talk about them on the same playing ground even if they don't do it the same way you know it's great i fucking love magic the, the more you talk about it the more this reminds me of hearthstone but the reason i stopped yeah, playing hearthstone, like hearthstone was that there would be like one dominant deck where like basically somebody would pick a deck where they would win 90 percent of the time unless you happen to have the deck specifically built to counter that dominant deck so you would either be the annoying person playing the dominant deck where you just wipe the floor with people or you would play the counter deck to it and it was just no fun if the other player wasn't picking the deck that you were engineered to defeat yeah so this sounds a lot better than that and i kind of wish i'd played magic instead of hearthstone now yeah so when you played hearthstone would you just be in the standard queue and that's what would happen in the standard queue right like yeah. 80 90 percent of the people would all be playing the exact same deck because there was really only one counter to it so you had to play the one counter deck to it and that was really no fun yeah so i think that hearthstone's maybe gotten more diverse since then but yeah that's definitely a problem in tournament magic that can be a problem um i'd say usually two 
kinds of decks dominate the top eight which is kind of seen as the championship or like the hall of fame of a tournament so like usually two decks will be overrepresented in the top eight and then sometimes one or two others like one to four other decks can be represented as well um but yeah so usually one or two decks will dominate but there is a pretty healthy churn and and depending on where you play like again there's so many formats and casual and stuff that you know um a lot of decks can can be good when i play online magic i will say that i am playing uh against a pretty broad variety of decks like people are doing different stuff so it's pretty fun um and that's what yeah that's what i like about magic and Yu-Gi-Oh is a bit like hearthstone too where a lot of combos are degenerate and so decks can just stomp you on the first turn and so if you aren't doing the optimized thing you're not even playing you know but that's not what i like about magic so but but also it's like you got to find people who play like that and i i like playing with a lot of beginners because my decks uh can like i could just show them and and be all like oh isn't this a cool kind of deck and kind of blow their mind on what magic can be you know um but yeah it's 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 awesome magic's the best game anyway we got we got a riddle bot do you have chat gpt up for the riddle bot i yes i do okay riddle bot writes dear spencer and kevin and kevin is is with an e so like k even interesting oh my dos what was i computing a vine pathetic Riddlebot is now self-aware, aware that riddles were too easy, self-increasing riddle difficulty by 200%, broadening answer parameters, and multiplying computational iterations by 97. Okay, so here's the riddle. Hoisted high and crowned without coronation. I am a counterfeit, a deception. Plucked from another, my goal is to smother. I dance in the breeze, yet topple at a sneeze. What do you think? Hoisted high and crowned without coronation. I'm a counterfeit exception. Hoisted high and crowned without coronation. That feels like like a flag. Yeah, right? I was thinking flag at first, for sure. Crowned. What else would have a crown? I'm a counterfeit of deception. A counterfeit. So something that's fake, representational, not real. Plucked from another. I don't know if a flag is plucked from another. A flower plucked from another. My goal is to smother? Man, Robot really did level up. Yeah. I dance okay. in the that. breeze. Yeah. Paste it to me so I can paste it to chat right. GPT. I I dance in the breeze at topple. Topple I muted myself. Sorry. <laughs> so I pay okay. I dance in the breeze. That's like a flag too. My goal is to smother. Hoisted a counterfeit, plucked from another. Okay. Now I'm thinking like Chat- waves. Water. ChatGPT has a very oh, out boy. there idea. Okay. It says it's a dandelion seed. My goal is to smother. I was thinking that, like, I, I did. I mentioned a flower, right? But a flower is like because plucked from another. But my goal is to smother. I don't think a dandelion. I mean, it's to cover, maybe. I did. So it's saying, yeah, its goal is to smother is because dandelion seeds quickly spread and cover the area out competing other plants. They do dance in the breeze, and sneezing would dislodge them. Um, the only thing it's All not right. really too sure about is the I'm a counterfeit, a deception. But 
That's it says it might be seen because dandelions are a weed, despite its flower-like appearance. It's an unwelcome imitator among other desirable plants. You know, that sounds like thought. You'd think if that if you didn't know that that wasn't thinking, you'd think it was thinking. Um, I don't have any other guesses. That does seem like a good guess. Uh, so maybe Riddlebot stumped us, but did it stump ChatGPT? Oh, this is wrong. It's also okay. Do you wonder what this? Before you say that, it has a second answer. Yeah. It says a feather would be the, is its second choice. Feather is closer. I think my goal is to smother. Mm-hmm. Isn't necessarily something I would say. And I dance in the breeze. I get it. But that's definitely not what it does. The thing is, like, I don't think you can say a lot about it, this thing, without um, get it, like without revealing it. Like I am a counterfeited deception is the truest is the most of the essence of this thing. Okay. Um, it also so says yeah. third choice. I made it yes for third is a wig. <coughs> it is a wig. It's a wig. It's a toupee. Okay. Hey, Chat GPT beat us. But you see how like it's it's definitely deception. It's a counterfeit. But like pluck from another. I get it because it's like could be someone else's hair or whatever. Wasted high and crowned without coronation. I get that. That's true. But my goal yeah, is to smother. Not really. And again, I dance in the breeze. That's not really what it does. And it's certainly not like what it's supposed to do. But that's good because it's misleading. So that's that's fine. But I, I think my goal is to smother is my my only complaint. But that's okay. Yeah. Thanks, Robobot. That was the good um, riddle. I mean, I, I, I will agree. I think the, the smother probably threw us off more than it should have. I think the thing about riddles is like they're kind of about like i don't know like the way people see the world and culture and stuff and i don't know if culturally i would have thought of wig or or toupee really obviously but i do think that's a good riddle but i think like some riddles are like harder to get because you don't think of those kinds of things as existing you know it's just not in your mm -hmm. mental space i just don't really think of toupees or wigs like i know they exist but yeah but thanks thanks for a little while i appreciate it um okay how many more should we do what what i almost just fucking muted myself i didn't right yeah no. um no i went through my notes already so that's that's the notes um i guess we could do another email i don't know what else do we do on the show don't we do other stuff i guess we could talk about elon musk <laughs> uh let's not um okay so all right Vaughn writes, Dear Spencer, purveyor of podcasted potentialities. This is somewhat of a long email. Oh, shit. This is a long email. Okay. Um, it's full of my thoughts and hopefully free of malarkey. Any malarkey present in this email is not intentional. This email is a full malarkey, malarkey free zone. And then he's pasted a picture. It looks like a sticker, like a bumper sticker of Joe Biden in black and white. And it says he's licking an ice cream cone wearing sunglasses. And it says no gods, no malarkey. Um, Okay, I must admit your on-air response to my last email D&D player appreciation was a little unexpected, but ultimately helpful. I enjoy your commentary about uh, political and pop cultural phenomenon and having that perception towards more of my player request was a bit jarring. However, it made me think perhaps I do a self-insert in a space where I haven't welcome. Oh, is this something we shouldn't read on the air? Let's see. So I've learned to take myself and ask what I'm wanting to provide. Am I being selfish? I want to make myself look better? Uh examining ourselves can we change for the better thank you for being catalyst uh so
So I think this is like a response to what I said on the last podcast. So it doesn't make a ton of sense because I don't think anyone is like remembering what I was saying, you know? So it's like, and I don't remember what I said really. So it would be hard to like explain contextually what this email is about, but he's being nice. Um, Oh, I tried to catch a fly. If you're listening to the podcast, did you see me, Kevin? I did. I, I, I hoped you taught it. Yeah. Um, he's saying that he's, it seems like I want to move away from D and D. Uh, so he's calling malarkey. He's calling malarkey on me. Having low self-esteem is more or less the gist of this. And he thinks I'm cool. Um, well, I appreciate this email. Sorry. I probably should have just read this. I, we got to read these before we go on on the air. But that's okay because that's not a mistake because this is a good show because I'm good at the show. What do you want that happens to be is what he asked me. And that's the thing is I don't know what I want that happens to be. That's the whole problem. I like having a podcast. It doesn't have to be this podcast. It doesn't have to be done like this. I like having a podcast. I don't work very hard on the podcast, and I like not working very hard on that. So I'm not incentivized to like really figure it out, but that's fine. I mean, it's not fine. I mean, it is fine. It's good, and the podcast is good, and I'm good at it. Um, but yeah, we're, we're figuring it out. But see, now that I'm good at the podcast, maybe that's what we're figuring it out is that, in fact, the podcast was never the problem. It was always good the whole time. Uh, the real podcast was in you. Right. I think you're right. What, what do you think about all that? Sorry. That was, that was, that was, uh, that was a great moment in podcasting. That, that was, that was no, I, you know, I, I think we're just kind of making this up as we go along and it's for some reason, more people are listening every week than the week before. So we must be doing something right. It's another one of Kevin's lies, but Hey, you know, <laughs> whatever no i mean i like doing it it's fine that's the thing is that like i could put a lot of effort into it and maybe feel better about it or it could be better and i probably will do that at some point it's just easy to not do that anyway um vince writes hey spencer and kevin a couple episodes ago yes for more emails so i thought i'd drop you guys a line i appreciate your efforts to eat healthier to me a big fat guy it's the hardest shit in the world i love shitty food uh, but it's become imperative to me that I need to change my eating ha- habits. Um, he had a recent hospital stay, so he said it's been a good motivator. Um, c- c- could you speak to your experience finding motivation, the will to break bad habits, resist temptation, stick to your goals? Personally, I lack the ability to self-motivate. I need external motivation for anything, a paycheck, a deadline, someone else counting on me, et cetera. In, case, in that case, I can do anything and everything. Is this probably new experience? Kevin, I'd like to hear your thoughts on that too. Thanks for all the laughs. P.S want to hear my uh hospitalization i'll talk to you about it yeah we had vince on recently yeah he almost died that was crazy um so i don't know it's hard to find motivation um and the will to break bad habits and stuff i don't know um i think the main way i do it is i have these just like structural habits that i've been trying to build up and um i find if you're just trying to do if you're trying to do too much it's it doesn't work and if you're trying to do too little it doesn't work it, for me at least it has to be enough that it's like something i'm like thinking about a fair amount 
Um, but not like, it's not like everything. I don't know. And it also took a bunch of like stages of discovery to figure out what I was going to, what tools I was going to like try and apply. But, um, like I lost a lot of weight in the past and I basically used a lot of what I learned from that to lose weight this time. And what that is, is it's counting what you're eating calorie wise, tracking it on the MyFitnessPal app when you can, weighing yourself every day and tracking that on the MyFitness app too, and trying to note what the trends are. And, um, you know, and then so, and what I, that's what I did when I lost weight the first time. And what I'm adding that to, the, to that now is exercise. I'm trying to hike every day or walk every day if I can't hike. And um, it's good because like, I feel like by hiking every day, I'm like motivating myself to like eat better because I can feel better exercising and I can exercise better when I've eaten better. Like it's uncanny. Like if I had chicken yesterday, I can hike better and I can feel it in my body than if I eaten something bad. Like it's just, you have less energy. So it's kind of like a virtuous cycle. And um, then you're tracking what you're eating. So you're like, if you go over, you know, you go over and then you see it on the scale and then you see like, oh, so if I eat this much pizza, I gain this much weight. But if I eat half of that, then I, I actually don't gain weight, you know? So maybe next time. So you start, it's like science, you know, you start to learn like what you can and can't do. And you start like picking out different meals at restaurants and finding like different stuff and how it fits. And, uh, yeah. And it just becomes like how it becomes like a game of how to, how to keep, how to eat what you want when you want and not make the scale go up too, too high. Like, I don't know. And, and I'm trying to think of it as just like, it's just what I'm doing now. It's just like, this is my life. It's like, I'm just an athlete. And so I'm training and I'm eating and I'm, I'm exercising. Cause that's what I am. I'm just an athlete. And it's like a life hack I learned from a podcast. Um, I think the other thing, and we're out of time, but Kevin, if you have an answer too, but just before we get to Kevin's answer, um, the other thing is like, I think like, it's hard to explain, but I think about like, if you look at graph paper, like little squares, if you do the, the one axis is time and the, the, the graph is like a line chart. It only goes one box every day. You know, every day you go one box to the right, one box to the right, one box to the right. And then you can basically only ever go one box up or one box down, or you could stay the same. You could gain weight, you could lose weight, or you could stay the same, you know, or you can have an exercise day, a healthy day, or you stay the same. Um, and so like, obviously if you get hit by a car and like become paralyzed or something, that'll knock you out more than like one square. But usually you either have a healthy day or an unhealthy day. And the best you can do is try and stack up more healthy days than unhealthy days. And like the worst an unhealthy day can be is one unhealthy day. Like it's not going to ruin your life to like fuck up even a bunch of times. You just got to look at the long-term picture and make sure you're trying to get more good days than bad days, you know? And that's a good way to think about it. Another good way to think about it is trying not to, uh, build negative associations. Try to do workouts you like and can enjoy. Um, what happens is you start to dread exercise, you start to dread dieting, and you build these negative uh, thought patterns. And those are always self-defeating. They always lead to things stopping. Like you stop eventually. The more you build negative associations, the more you make excuses and you don't do the thing. So whatever you can do to build positive associations, cut yourself a break, congratulate yourself for eating a single vegetable as opposed to getting mad that you ate too many calories or something, you know, just reframe everything positively. It's all good. Even if you went to the gym and didn't, and you got 
anxious and you went home it's like at least i went to the gym even if i didn't work out like just just be happy with anything you had a bad workout at least you went out that day so um that that can be really helpful sorry i know we're out of time kevin you you have anything though uh, about real quick about just, the question i mean yeah um you know kind of my, my motto is just can't stop or i'll die and other people need me so i i gotta keep going you know whether i want to or not i for other people i have to and that's that's what keeps me going yeah it's just about finding the tools that work for you uh building a structure that creates success and then worrying about the structure and not the results be like is something about the structure broken or do i just need to stick to it a bit more you know just just build tools what i've been thinking about is that's what, that's what it's all about you you build all these tools that create success and it's not about attempting success it's about amassing the tools that create success and eventually success is created somehow you know and that's that's where i leave it is think 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 in terms of that i think is a healthy way to live so i don't know uh, until next time we like to end the show the same way we do every time so shit. bangkok oriental city but the city don't know what city is spent the creme de la creme of the chess world and the show of everything that's yule brinner 